Welcome to the Prophecy Club, and happy Thanksgiving to you. So, the situation is this. I'm going to be spending a few days with my family for Thanksgiving. So, we're going to make a fantastic offer for everybody to celebrate the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. So, Prophecy Club started inviting guests, making recordings back in June of 1993. Over 19 years, we made... Uh, about 330 recordings, 160 different guests, and we've offered these typically for about $30 each. Some of them are doubles for like $50. However, today you can go and watch about 300 recordings valued about $6,000 at WatchProphecyClub.com for a gift of $20 a month or $200 per year. That's a great deal, but we're about to make it even better. For the month of December... 2021, if you sign up for WatchProphecyClub.com, that's $20 a month or $200 a year, you're going to get the whole month of December, that's right, the whole month of December, free just for signing up, but you got to use the promo code WPC2021. Here's the way you do it. You go to WatchProphecyClub.com, and then you click Get Access Today, You put in the promo code WPC2021, as in Watch Prophecy Club 2021. I'll say it again. So you go to WatchProphecyClub.com, you click Get Access Today, and you put in the promo code WPC2021. You can watch any or all of, if you can watch all of the 300 DVDs during the month of December, free. Now let's go watch Planned Destruction of America by James Wardner. Recorded in October of 1994. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. I want to thank Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club and his wife Leslie for doing such a fine job telling people about our future, our future time and the time that we're living in now. As I was saying uh, earlier to you off the set, I wanted to explain that you can't understand the future if you don't understand the present time. Interestingly enough, though, St. John in his gospel tells us to repent because the day of the Lord is at hand, and that was 2,000 years ago. So when is the day of the Lord? Well, the day of the Lord is coming. One scripture verse for you before we begin. Tomorrow morning, if you read Proverbs, you'll find this. When just men increase, the people shall rejoice. When the wicked shall bear rule, the people shall mourn. Now, I'll be showing you a number of slides today, uh, overheads, and I want to have you understand that these are proof of what I'm saying. And the book, The Plan and Destruction of America, was written with so much documentation that it's absolutely irrefutable. I am not giving you my opinion. I am giving you the facts. I'm giving you the facts from congressional records, the facts from Senate reports, the facts from government documents, and I'm giving you the facts from the leaders of our country, from their own mouths, where we're going and why we're going there. The first overhead is an overhead which could be portrayed on any post office wall in America today. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. Someone sent me this in the mail. I get stuff in the mail all the time. Isn't it interesting that today Jesus Christ could be wanted by the FBI for teaching the people that there is a higher power than Caesar? 
Isn't it interesting that today Jesus Christ could be wanted by the IRS for failure to report income? Isn't it interesting that today Jesus Christ could be wanted by the CIA for causing political arrest? Isn't it interesting that today Jesus could be wanted by the FDA for turning water into wine without a license? I'm only doing that to make the point that we have been uh, ruled lately, I say lately meaning contemporarily, by law. Everything is a law. You know it's a law that you have to wear your seatbelt. Did you ever stop and think when you were putting your seatbelt on why you should be prosecuted for an individual choice not to wear your seatbelt? I'm not saying that you're safer without the seatbelt. But I'm saying, is it, isn't it interesting that 250 million people without thought are wearing a seatbelt when some of you will remember that a few years ago, no one wore a seatbelt. I can remember an old car, a man and a woman going down the road, or even a young couple going down the road, and the man would have his wife around his girl. They were together, that was obvious, seemed okay to me. Never thought about the safety aspects of it. But by rule of law and by the signature of people in Congress, all of that changed. And now he sits over there and she sits over there. I'll leave you with that thought. It may not have any bearing on what we're talking about tonight, but I think later on you'll see that it does. Now, this is a chart showing federal prosecutions of public corruption. It goes from 1973 to 1988. You don't need to see the numbers, really. You just need to notice that in 1973, which was not that long ago, we didn't have that much public corruption. In 1988, of course, we're inundated with public, public corruption. And in 1994, even though we are absolutely certain that our servants are corrupt, we can't get them out no matter what. Now the question is, why? What has happened to America? We need to know our own time look into the future. You don't need to turn that on. Now, this is a graph, two graphs, as a matter of fact. Again, I am not going to get involved in numbers with you, but I want you to notice this curve. This is a picture on a graph of debt and how debt at interest moves along a curve. And you'll see it starts on the left going rather horizontally, and over a period of time, it goes straight up. Now, your savings at high interest do a similar thing, and that's good for you. But this is the way the American debt has been going. Now, on the right, you'll see the universal law of exponential debt growth. For my mathematician majors in here, you know that the exponential curve, which this is, ends up at the top of the vertical line as infinity. In other words, an infinite number. In other words, trillions and trillions of dollars. The common man has no understanding of a trillion dollars or a billion dollars or even a million dollars. All that to say that what this curve says is the debt can not be paid off. We hear a lot of people talking about debt today. George Bush has talked about debt. The Congress talks about debt. 
Bill Clinton has talked about debt. Ross Perot has talked about debt. Well, here's two pictures showing federal debt on the left, and on the right, total debt, federal plus private. You see, we have contributed to the problem because we have private debt. How many here have their own private debt aside from that which the government has? Whoa, there's a lot of hands going up there. Now, that's a problem. And the reason that it's a problem is because the private debt and the public debt grow together on an exponential curve. When you add our private debt into the, the debt of the government, which also is our debt because we're the taxpayers, you find out very quickly that there's no way on planet Earth that this money can ever be paid off. Now, we have some history behind us to show what happens in other countries when the debt is allowed to roll. And the curve on the, let tells us, on the left tells us that in France, there was a revolution, 1789 French Revolution. 50,000 people went to the guillotine. Now, there was a conspiracy involved in the French Revolution, but the fact of the matter is that prior to all that occurring, there was a debt blowout. In other words, the people had no money. Now, when people are starving, they get kind of violent. And that is a critical thing to understand because money affects us in a variety of ways. As the dollar becomes less valuable, and in 1914, let's just say the dollar was worth a dollar, which it wasn't, and in 1989, the dollar was worth approximately five cents, of that dollar in purchasing power, what do you suppose the dollar is worth today in purchasing power? Now, we don't think about this, but some of the older folks in this room remember the old Sears and Roebuck catalog. And if you can find some of those and go back and see what things could be purchased for, you'll understand very quickly why both you, husband, and your wife have to work. And if both you and your wife have to work, and you have young children in your family, might I add, I believe you're out of the will of God. Because I personally believe that God wants the wife in the home with her young children. Now, I already see head shaking, and that's okay. And later on, I'm going to explain a little bit more about why I've come to understand that that is true. But the point is, that with two people in the home working, children, very, very small children, don't get the attention that they deserve. And if you have your kids at daycare all the time, they're getting diseases that are at daycare all the time. If you bring them home out of daycare and they watch TV, they're getting TV all the time. And then if you put them in elementary school, in a public school, they're getting elementary public school education and they're out of your supervision. And then you bring them and let, let them watch TV at home and they're getting TV at home. And then you put them in middle school, and they're getting public school middle education, which we're going to talk about later. And you bring them home, and they're getting TV at home again. It is an absolute sin for Christians to be watching TV the way they are today. At this particular time in history, and later on, you're going to see and understand why. The annual interest on the federal debt accrues as well as the principal. So you have principal exponentially growing, you have interest exponentially growing, you have federal government debt growing, you have private debt growing. Now let me tell you a deep-kept secret of the Federal Reserve Bank. 
when they made the principal for the debt. When you buy a car, you pay $5,000 for the car. Actually, it's more like $25,000, is not it? And you say to the bank, I'll pay you back 9% over five years. So you have to pay back the money plus the interest. The Federal Reserve Bank, when they made the principal that they loaned to the government, they never made the interest. The interest was never created. And it was never put into the money pool of the United States of America. Now, what does that mean? It means that if all of us tried to get out of debt at, the one, time, at one time, it's an absolute impossibility. To make a long story short, it can't be done, and it will not be done, and it doesn't matter whether a Republican's talking about it, or an Independent's talking about it, or a Democrat is talking about it. It doesn't matter if Alan Green or anybody else, it cannot ever be paid off, nor was it intended to be. And that's the interesting aspect of this. Some senators were on TV the other day, and they were saying that the problem with Washington is there's this culture. It's a spending culture. And all they want to do is spend with no thought to the money that they're spending or what they're spending it on. Well, later on, you're going to understand, maybe for the first time, why that spending culture exists. Okay. Now, this is a previous Federal Reserve Chairman. Walker one time said, quote, one of my old friends from abroad once told me, I think he meant it as an ironic compliment, that he thought of my career as a long saga of trying to make the decline of the United States and the world respectable and orderly. Now, isn't it interesting that the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank is all about making the decline of the United States respectable and orderly? Now, this is a little chart from a book called Secrets of the Federal Reserve. And you will not be able to see it well from where you're sitting. And we don't need to really get into the details of this chart, but I'll just tell you it's kind of like a genealogy. You had a mom and dad, they had a mom and dad, they had a mom and dad, and so on and so forth. Of course, that's now out of style. But this is a genealogy of the owners, the families who own the Federal Reserve Bank. How many people in here knew that the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States of America is a private bank? Very good. Lots of hands. And all of the banks of the world are private banks. They're private centralized banks. Whenever the media refers to a central bank of a country, they're talking about a private bank. Now you understand how a world bank becomes understandable because we're not talking about getting nations to agree on anything. We're talking about getting a few families to agree on some things. And basically what we have here is a genealogy of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and the Federal Reserve Bank's 
that uh, are under the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And you'll see National City Bank, National Bank of Commerce, Hanover National Bank, and Chase National Bank. All of those, obviously, are privately owned as well. Well-hidden secret since 1913. December 23, 1913, this was passed. We can't blame our present Congress on this. This was done years ago. The bank is not federal. It is not a reserve. Now, let's go on. How does the bank make the money that it lends to America? This is a little chart showing how money is created. And it starts with Congress. We said that Congress has a spending culture. They raise the debt limit. And they always raise it. Always. You can count on it. They'll raise it. Congress votes to increase the federal debt limit. Let's just say it doesn't matter what it is. And it instructs the U.S. Treasury to write interest-bearing bonds for a billion. And then the Treasury goes to the Fed and says, we need a billion. And we have the bonds which are held against the American taxpayers who will pay it back. You can trust us. We're the government. But the American people are going to pay it back. Well... Where does the Fed get the money that it loans the Treasury, and which is now trillions of dollars, which we are all going to pay back? Our children are going to pay back. And I just told you, you're not going to pay it back because it's an impossible task to pay it back. Obviously, the money comes out of thin air. It's made by computer entry. There's no gold to back it. There's no silver to back it. There's no industry to back it. There's no land to back it. It's made by computer entry. If you have a private computer, you can go home, plug a bunch of numbers into that computer, and make the same kind of money that the Federal Reserve Bank of this nation makes. And our people, our family, the wives that are working out of the home, are doing that because they can't afford to pay for things around the house and because the value of the dollar today is so low that a one a family, one working person family can't afford to feed his, his home, his wife and kids. Now, I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, but, but the groceries are going up constantly. Cars are going up constantly. But you know what? There's no inflation. There's no inflation. They keep telling us there's no inflation. But if you monitored goods for about six months in this country, the goods that you often buy, you'll find that true interest rate, true uh, inflation is approximately 15 to 20%. You don't think the government would lie to you, though, do you? No. <clears throat> okay. Now, I have a... Someone gave me this. This is a letter from Dean Whitter. And an executive vice president, chief investment officer said, politicians do not cause recessions. Rather, recessions are usually the unavoidable residue of a free enterprise, capitalistic, market-driven system. Recessions are the necessary cost of unmanaged growth and unparalleled affluence. Who in here feels like they have unparalleled affluence? Now, is this man deceived? Does he not know? Or does he know, and is he lying? 
Well, see, I don't really know if he's lying because I don't know him, and I know he's not going to call me and tell me that he really was deceived. But the point is that many of us are calling somebody on the line, I am not, and saying, uh, what's that selling for today? I'll, I'll, I'll buy a few shares of this, or I'll buy a few shares of that, never knowing that the whole entire market is manipulated by the private Federal Reserve Bank by virtue of the fact that they know whether interest rates are going to go up or down before anything even happens on Wall Street, they are able to manipulate the entire market. Now, this, uh, just pull that down a little bit if you would so you can see the top better. This is a very, very interesting picture and it's very important that you understand what's going on here. So I'll try to take some time and explain it. But there's a small box at the top left, and then another box under that, and then a whole series of boxes under that. The top box says, David Rockefeller, Chairman of the Board, Chase Manhattan. Under that, the little box says, Chase Manhattan Corporation, Officer and Director, Interlocks. Now, what that means is that David Rockefeller, as Chairman of the Board of Chase Manhattan, has a board of men. And these men, there may be some women on the board now, but as far as I know, it's all men. These board, these uh, members of the board, however many there are, interlock with all of these other companies, most of them multinational global corporations. There may be one member of his board on one of these other companies, or there may be two, or maybe even more. Now, what's really interesting is to see the names of these companies. How about Firestone? How about Allied Chemical? General Motors? Chrysler Corporation? R.H. Macy? Squibb? Olin? Hewlett Packard? American Express? AT&T? Do you know that many of these corporations have more of a gross national product than nations? They control and manipulate more funds through their company than many nations of the world. Now, what does that mean? That means, backing up again, by virtue of his control of the board, his own board, and the interlock that he has with all these other corporations, can literally control the finances, the job markets, and the technology of any nation on this earth. And that is staggering power. Because when you control where the jobs go in the world, when you control how quickly the money comes into and out of and through a country, when you control whether a people has jobs or not, that is power. You know Bill Clinton doesn't have that kind of power. Now, in 1912, President Wilson set up a commission. It was called the Peugeot Commission. And interestingly enough, in 1912, the commission studied, is there a money trust in America? Now, what is a money trust? What the Congress was trying to find out in 1912 was, is there a private consortium of money managers who control the finances of America? Hello, 1912. Well, in 1913, March, as a matter of fact, the Congress said, yes, the money trust is in existence. And it named these five directing forces. J. 
J.P. Morgan, the National City Bank of New York, Lee Higginson and Company, Hitter Peabody, which was just sold, and Kuhn Loeb. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, private banking went on. I know that. Well, you're right, it did. But any deal over $10 million was done by these folks. And all the deals less than that were done by someone else. And of course, as you're probably well aware today, the banks, like the oil industries and everything else in America, has been consolidated and bought and sold and brought under a smaller and smaller and smaller reign of power. Now, this is a picture which simply shows that you can't blame the Democrats if you're a conservative Republican because Ronald Reagan and George Bush spent not only with the best of them, but beyond just about all of them. And of course, Democrat Clinton is only continuing what was started by his two predecessors, George Bush and Ronald Reagan. Now, you all aren't the first to know about this. At the time NAFTA was being sold to the American people, pictures like this could have been taken all over the country. Now, this picture is not going to show up in your media, and I'm going to tell you later why. But the fact is that these people were standing outside the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, and they had signs saying, stop NAFTA's secret accords, stop Federal Reserve treason, and so forth. NAFTA was done in complete secrecy. We don't even know who put the bill together. But we do know it was done secretly. And any time you hear fast-track legislation, what you need to know is those bills are going through in secret because you're not to know what's going on. This man obviously knew that the Federal Reserve was a treasonous organization. And he obviously knew that NAFTA was a bad deal for America. I'm sure everyone walking down the street by him was looking at him saying, look at that nut. But the fact is, the man is probably a very wise man, and he's not a nut at all. He just happens to know what's going on. And after tonight, you will also. Now, we were told that Mexico thought this was going to be a good deal for them. Guess what? You didn't see this picture in our American newspaper. Why? Well, because it showed a little different side of the deal. And the side of the deal that it showed was, these are all tractors, all lined up, one after another, by Mexican farmers who had driven into the major metropolitan areas of Mexico. Why? To put signs up saying, no more banking usury. Do you know the Old Testament condemns usury? Not once, but many times. Where are the pastors of this country talking about usury? when it's destroying the families of America. You're not going to hear it. Are they reading a different Bible? Are they not in tune with the American people? Are, do they not understand the seriousness of what, how people are struggling with, with just making it financially in the world today? Well, anyway, these farmers knew what was going on, and they came into the major metropolitan areas of Mexico to tell others, we don't want NAFTA. Here's another picture showing basically the same thing. Look at all of the people. And what they were saying was, we don't want NAFTA. Now, why did they not want NAFTA? Do they not want our American dollars? Do they not want our help? 
These simple farmers in Mexico know more about capitalism than we do because they understood that what we were going to do was capitalize Mexico with the dollar. In other words, we were going to dollarize the economy of Mexico. In other words, their peso would be worth nothing, and we would dollarize it and make it part of our economic community. Not only that, but when their farms were lowered in value, they would be purchased from these people for pennies on the dollar. And then these Mexican farmers would no longer be able to go grow crops for the Mexican people, and what you would have in Mexico would be national genocide. Now, do you still think NAFTA is a good deal for America or for anyone? There's no way, Jose. Now, when I was studying to write The Plan Destruction of America, my premise was to show people how the American economy is controlled by legislation. Not like this man says, it's not market-driven, it's controlled in the halls of Congress. And I knew that because I was affected quite uh, remarkably by the Tax Reform Act of 1986. And some of you may have been, too, the Tax Reform Act of 1986 annihilated real estate all over the country. But what I found were quotes like this. Zygmunt Brzezinski said in his own words, in his own book, written in 1970, <clears throat> in the economic technological field, some international cooperation has already been achieved, but further progress will require greater American sacrifices. Well, who's Zygmunt Brzezinski to be talking about you making a greater American sacrifice? What does he know that you don't know? Well, he was Jimmy Carter's national security advisor. He also said more intensive efforts to shape a new world monetary system will have to be undertaken with some consequent risk to the present relatively favorable American position. Since 1970, the American economy has gone directly downhill without a blip. Do you think that might have been planned? A Senate report I read in 1977 said, once the public and private lenders join forces, deficit countries will be left with no alternative sources of financial assistance. Is America a deficit country? Yes. There will be no escaping IMF conditionality, is what the Senate report said. Now, what does that mean? I don't think I really knew what it meant when I first read it. Let's go on. Another man from Britain, Sir Harold Lever, said the United States will soon have to realize that it will be no better off than any third world country when the IMF takes control. Did you know about this? Did you see this on uh, Ted Koppel? Alpha Banking Group said the United States must be forced to surrender to the higher authority of the World Bank. Why? So we can get on with the New World Order. Carol Quigley said, and I think if you get nothing else out of the entire time that we're here, I think you will, but if you get nothing else, this is one of the most important things to know and understand that you can possibly understand. And sad to say that the American people 
do not have any understanding of this. And Christians, by the bushelful, have no understanding of this either. I'm going to share with you a deep, dark secret of the halls of Congress tonight. Carol Quigley was a well-known insider. He was an insider's insider. He knew the names of the people who were doing what to whom. And in his book, Tragedy and Hope, he explained what was going on. He also wrote a book called The Anglo-American Establishment, which talked about the English side of the group who were working with the American side to manipulate the peoples of the world. Here's what he said. It is this power structure, the establishment. Let's just stop there for a minute. What is the power structure? What is the establishment? If you listen to the TV at all, you know that the establishment's being referred to all the time. Pat Buchanan talks about the establishment. Pat Robertson talks about the establishment. But what is the establishment? Well, basically, it is the Council on Foreign Relations. And we're going to be talking about the Council on Foreign Relations in quite a bit of detail this evening. It is this power structure which the radical right of the United States has been attacking for years, he said, thinking that they were attacking the communists. Well, now, isn't that very interesting? The radical right thought we were attacking communism when, in effect, we were really attacking the power structure, which is the establishment. Then he went on and he said, this is particularly true when these attacks are directed at left-wing newspapers like the New York Times and Washington Post. You know, many Americans today don't even realize the New York Times and Washington Post are left-wing newspapers. That's how far we've gone since even he wrote the book, uh, Tragedy and Hope. Well, then he said, uh, he talked about the foundations and their dependent establishments, and some of the older folks in here may realize that the foundations were investigated by Congress for subversive activities and found beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were subversive and they were supporting socialism, and guess where? Most especially in our schools. But we're determined to send our children to public schools and then try to detoxify them when they come in the door. And most Christians don't detoxify them when they come in the door. They retoxify them when they come in the door with a TV set. He said the public reacts to charges as time to change political parties, Democrat to Republican, Republican to Democrat, Democrat to Republican, Republican to Democrat, yet has not realized the power structure controls them both. And I say, good night, Rush Limbaugh. Okay, you can flip it off. Now, there are things happening currently which we must understand so that we have some understanding of our time again. And I'm here to tell you that you have no idea what's going on in the world if you don't have some alternative resources coming into your home. In the back of the Plan Destruction of America, there's an appendix. There's 22 different resources, newspapers, journals, newsletters, and so on. You can call those folks up. You can uh, dial 1-800 numbers, and you can say, please send me some sample copies of what you offer. And within three or four weeks, you'll have material coming into your home. You'll be so shocked, you think you're living on a different planet. And I didn't even put in some of the things I could have put in that book, which would have shocked you even more. So, what's going on currently that has to do with what we've just been learning about? Now, most specifically, I'm going to talk about the International Monetary Fund. 
The International Monetary Fund has created austerity budgets for the nations of the world. When you travel around to South America and the Caribbean and Africa, what you find out is that the IMF, when it took control of the money, the finances of a country, it also took control of its government. Now, how did that occur? Well, all governments need money. They don't make money. Governments don't make money. The governments borrow money from private lenders. Now, that's a very interesting thing, isn't it? That governments don't make money. But that begins to help us understand how some people in the world can develop financial power wherein they really think they can control the world. Everything you buy today in the store has a, a barcode on it, doesn't it? There is someone saying to the world, already you cannot buy or sell these goods without this barcode mark on it. Isn't that interesting? Is it a nation that's doing that? Is it America that's doing that? Or is it France that's doing that? No. It's a consortium, a handful of private individuals who have the power to make those decisions and place those restrictions on nations. Now, recently we've seen some problems in Rwanda, some terrible problems in Rwanda. Well, in 1993, the country was under increasing austerity pressure from the International Monetary Fund. And in mid-1993, the IMF cut off cash flow to Rwanda completely. At the same time, coincidentally, the price of coffee, which accounts for 80% of Rwanda's export earnings, fell drastically, completely impoverishing the country. Go back to the little exponential curve I had with the bubble on it for the French Revolution. Are you getting a picture regarding how to make a nation subservient, violent, emotional? Now, what happened in Rwanda was not tribal warfare. What happened in Rwanda was communism, Marxism, and witchcraft against Christianity. Does that apply to prophecy? I know there's someone in here thinking, well, that's not in the Bible. Folks, you are up to your shoulders in prophecy. And you may not yet realize it, but by the time we're finished tonight, you're going to. Let's go on. I'm going to move into another section now. And I want to share with you this newsletter from Don McIlvaney. Some of you may already know Don McIlvaney. He puts out probably the best newsletter that's available. I'm sure there will be some that will argue about that, but it gives a lot of good information. And in this newsletter written, I want you to notice, December 1990. This is an old one. He said that in Dusseldorf, Germany in 1919, some of our troops found communist rules for takeover. And what were those rules? A, corrupt the youth, get them interested in sex, make them superficial, and destroy their ruggedness. 
sex education, condoms in the schools. Do you think that has anything to do with this plan that they found in 1919? Let me go on. B, get control of all means of publicity, thereby get people's minds off government. By focusing their attention on entertainment, sexy books, plays, and other trivialities. Basketball, baseball, football, golf, OJ. Do you know the people in Waco couldn't buy one minute of time during their trial on TV? But OJ is on constantly. What America has never understood is that our media is as evil as Pravda and as Vestia in the Soviet Union. C, divide the people into hostile groups by harping on controversial matters of no importance. Black versus white, Jew versus Muslim, employer versus employee, rich versus poor. We're all equal, right? Baloney, we're equal. If there's no employers rich enough to have any employees, there's no employees and everybody is a serf. D, destroy the people's faith in their natural leaders. Well, I don't know if we have any natural leaders left in this country. E, always preach true democracy but seize power as fast and ruthlessly as possible. We hear nothing but democracy on the TV sets. But what America is producing is Marxist states all over the world. Aristide is an avowed Marxist communist. Aristide necklaces his own people. I'm not telling you any secret. Both Christian and secular television told us that. Now, my question to you is, if that's true, and if our government, the United States of America, put a man like Aristide in power in Haiti, folks, how far gone is our government? You think about that. By encouraging government extravagance, destroy its credit. Produce fear of inflation with rising prices and general discontent. We're not there. We're beyond it. In Washington, D.C., if you go to Georgetown in the evening for a walk or for dinner, you will be walking over bodies who are standing there, sitting there, lying there, trying to get a few bucks for a meal. Now, these people want to have a new world order, and they can't even take care of the little state of Washington, D.C., and feed the people in their own community. How in the world can they sell us on a new world order? G, promote unnecessary strikes and encourage civil disorders. How about the L.A. riots? Was that a civil disorder? Does any of you think that O.J. Simpson won't end up in a civil disorder? Recently, Time or Newsweek, one of those had, had a right on the front cover, a picture of, of a black man, a white man. I think the black was Simpson. I don't remember who the white man was. And the, and the concept was somebody wrote a book. And he's, his comment in the book is that maybe the blacks just aren't as smart as the whites. And so that's why all the problems. Well, now, if you did that, they'd put you in jail. So why are they doing that? They're promoting civil disorder. They're promoting this black versus white. It's not true. There's brilliant black people all over the world. 
but they're creating this distrust between the races. And by specious argument, cause a breakdown of moral values, honesty, sobriety, continence, faith in the pledged word. The United States of America makes Sodom and Gomorrah look holy. And lastly, cause the registration of all firearms on some pretext, any pretext. Timer Newsweek again recently had a cover-to-cover issue. All anti-gun. All the bad things that the guns are doing. Not one story about what the good guns are doing, how they prevent crime. So what they want to do, obviously, is disarm the American people, make the American people helpless. You know, they want to take the American government, I mean the American people, over and, and not have a shot fired. Might as well just kind of roll over and, and just roll out the door. Forty bucks, $800 value for $100. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy is a deep dive into Bible prophecy. Miss the Mark is the book you give to people that you never want to take the mark of the beast. God's Warnings to America's 101 Modern Prophecies, everything from Dimitri Dudeman to rest of the most popular, the most credible prophets out there. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel is the book that you read to understand as a tribulation saint, what you need to know. And then how pre-trib one, you'll settle your question about the rapture. Now, you can get all five of these in a giant package. We offer them in shrink wrap sets, shrink wrap sets of 10 for the Understand Bible Prophecy. Miss the Mark is in shrink wrap sets of 10. God's Warning is shrink wrap sets of 10. Daniel is five. How pre-trib one is five. So it's a total of 40 books. Valued at $800, all for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card, and it helps your Prophecy Club. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables, I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN at HeavensHarvest.com. Promo code STAN. Terry Sokka is a prophecy student, and he reads his King James Bible, and he believes in winning souls so much he is supporting the Prophecy Club so that we can win more souls. So if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls, I'm going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. cornerstoneassetmetals.com Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.